The new regulations of religious affairs law that went into effect in China last February has led to a widespread crackdown on Christians throughout the country. Although churches in China have a long history of standing up under persecution, even growing and expanding while suffering fierce oppression, our brothers and sisters need encouragement, help, and hope. Churches have been closed down or torn down. House churches have been raided and pastors and church members have been arrested, interrogated, and imprisoned. The voice of the martyrs continues to stand with our brothers and sisters in China, providing help for those affected by this new wave of persecution and strengthening the church with Bibles and other ministry tools. Your generous gift will remind these precious saints that they are not forgotten and the wider body of Christ is standing with them. For more information, go to persecution.com. And when you do and when you donate, tell them you heard about them on Rebel Parenting. God bless, Rebels. Welcome to Oh! The Stories We Will Tell, hosted by best-selling authors and speakers, Ryan and Laura Dobson. We're pulling back the curtains to give you a behind-the-scenes, unfiltered, honest look at our life together, from day one up to today. Everything. We'll tell the stories of all the laughter, tears, triumphs, and failures that helped make us who we are. Here we go. So let's join the Atomic Mum and the Disruptor, Ryan and Laura Dobson. For this episode of Oh, the Stories We Will Tell. So, to recap, uh, we just got off of our honeymoon. Um, we'll come home to San Clemente. That's right. California. And let's see, it's around... We're almost around July 1st now, right? July-ish. It's brand new July. And on July 12th, which is my birthday... We flew into Colorado Springs, Colorado, so I could speak with my dad at Focus on the Family. At a 50 and over conference. Yeah, it's called Focus Over 50. Um, Which will be there soon. <laughs> I'll be there soon. I'll be there in a year and a half. How crazy is that? I'm old. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Okay, go on. I didn't even know what I talked about. I don't remember that at all. You talked about being a, a son. I think that's what I recall. Neither of us remember what I talked about on that one. Forgiveness. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you this. This is what happened. Hey, Roberta, good to see you. When we landed, when we touched down, if you go look at a movie or TV show and a plane lands, they play the same sound every time. It's that, it's that little skid noise that airplanes make when they land. They're going faster than the tires are spinning. It skids a little bit and you hear that noise. The reason I say that. Upon hearing that noise, I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, hey, Ryan, you should think about moving here. And I was like, hey, no, I should certainly not think about moving here. No, thank you, sir. You're talking to somebody else. I'm like, talk to the guy behind me, the person in front of me, anybody else but this guy. No, thank you. And, it qu and people always go, oh, what does the Lord sound like? I don't know. What does your mom sound like? Like, I say that in a crowd. Like, describe your mom's voice in a way that when a hundred people speak, I'm going to go, oh, that's your mom. That's exactly who's talking right now. Right. You can't do that. And so anybody that's like, oh, what, what's the voice of the Lord? I'm like, hey, guess what? Uh, when he speaks to you, you know it. Yes. There's no mistaking it when the Lord goes, hey, I want you to think about this right now. And you're like, I don't want to think about that at all. Jane, what's happening? Great that to see you. That could be the Lord speaking yeah. to you. <clears throat> So he said, I really want you to think about moving here. And I said, no, I'll think about it. 
Thought about it. No, thank you. I want to live by the ocean. And listen, I married Laura, who's never lived further than seven miles from the beach her entire life, who at age six got on a sailboat and lived on the ocean for two and a half years. Professional bodyboarder, semi-pro surfer, deep sea fisher, living on the ocean. Uh, There's no way I'm moving to Colorado. Give me a break. And that was our plan. Our plan was... Beach, babies, ministry, that's going to be our life. We were just going to live on the beach happily ever after. Amen. And teach people to serve and tell people about Jesus. You got it. That was my that's whole plan in life. all we wanted to do. And, uh, and then very quickly, the Lord was like, okay, move here now. Stop fooling around. Uh, I gave you the opportunity to listen to me, and now I'm just telling you what to do. So move to Colorado, and I didn't want to go. And then I thought, I'm so... As the husband, give me a give me a break, Lord. I don't even know this woman here, right? Like, we've now known each other just over six months in total. Yes. And we've been married for a month. Yeah. But we've only known each other just over six months. Since first meeting and talking, it's been six months. I know her heart for the ocean and surfing and mine. And now, Lord, you want me to go, oh, hey, I think God is speaking to me and telling us to move to the landlocked state of the mountainous Colorado. It wasn't going to go over well. Yeah, you think? You think? So, I don't remember how I, how I breached the subject with you. So, well, all I can remember is that we kind of discussed it, and it was kind of a thing of, let's just try it. Let's just see what happens. I think it that's how he did it. That's how he did it. It wasn't like we're moving here for good. Let's just go on it. Like, cause lots of relationships and I know lots of people do this and I think it's really wise. They go away for a year when they're first married to get to know each other, you know? And, um, little Trine did it. Little yep. Evan Trine did it. He, he moved to Denver for a year with his bride and it was just them for one year. And it was just an opportunity. I don't know what you call it, but just, just to connect and get close and do this for a specific amount of time. And I thought, well, you know what? This might be good because we don't know each other that well. And maybe, you know, we will come out here. Our commitment was six months. Yeah. This is what I said. Hey, let's try it for six months. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? We hate it and we get another apartment? Exactly. And we move on back. Yeah. And he did agree during those six months, because it was a different time in our life, that he would fly me home once a month. We had the money at that point in our lives. I was a baller when we met. So he would fly me home once a month to see my family. Mm -hmm. And so that was part of the agreement. And so in my head, I'm still getting to surf and to see my family. That's right. That's right. And that was going to be okay. And then we'd live in this cold state, beautiful state it is. I do love the Rockies. It is beautiful um, for six months. And then once a month, I would get to go home. Yeah. Yep. And that's so that was kind of the premise of, of us getting here. Yeah. So check this out. We got married on June 12th. July 12th, we here moved to Colorado. We were in Colorado four months, less than four months later on November 1st. We left on Halloween. Yeah, that was fun. Remember I wore the hat? I wore the clown hat as we were driving. Well, you had to leave early. Remember the movers took? Oh, yeah, the movers took. Yeah, see, it was not fun for me. So we we paid movers. They show up. Late. And crazy, five, six hours late. And then they took forever you've never seen people pack so poorly and they they would stack on stack on stack on stack on stack in a truck 
a huge 13-box stack fell all the way to the ground. Like, kaboom. Here's also what I didn't know. They put all your stuff in a truck, then they drive that truck somewhere and unload it. And then they put it on another truck that's going your direction with a bunch of other people's things. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. So Laura had to leave early, crazy early, earlier than me. Yeah, to get to our first stop st george utah yeah st george utah so lord gets to st george utah i think i got there at midnight or one in the morning and i had some of the surfboards my car was packed i was in the acura and you're in the car car i was in the car car right and i was in from daddy yep and i was in the big expedition with the 20 inch rims and the flip down screens with the long boards on his car yep long boards and racks and all that kind of stuff so the next day we get up and we're driving and uh we're in Colorado. We're on I-70. We're going to get to 25 to come south to Colorado Springs. And it is cold oh, outside, gracious. people. November 1st, you can see the, the shine on the road shivering. with ice. Oh, yeah. I was not used to the cold. No. Yeah. And we're like, we were at the beach every day. We surfed all we the surfed time. We surfed every day. All, yeah. Yeah. That's all we did. All of a sudden, as we're driving, Laura's car starts swerving all over the road, yeah. goes off the road into the dirt. And I was like, what? And I slide into a stop behind her and I come running up and I think you were even crying. I was scared. I was definitely scared because I don't know what happened. Yeah. As she's driving along, a rock tumbles down the mountain and lands right in the middle of her sunroof and shatters her sunroof. It sounded like a gunshot. That's why I was scared and crying because I don't know if you've ever had a window shatter like that, but it sounded like someone had shot me. Yeah. And so here I am thinking like, (laughs) I just moved to Colorado and I got shot at. Do you know what a bad omen it is when the state you're moving to starts throwing rocks at you the day you move there? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So we pulled over to this nearest Look little... Look at that. Scott Saletta's watching. What's up, Scotty? Hey, Scott. So we pulled over hey, to Colleen. this, like... It, it was, was a gas station. It was a gas station, but they had... We had to look for a place where you could find duct tape. I bought duct tape and covered your sunroof with duct tape. So when it shattered... So when glass would stop falling. Yeah. Oh, my and gracious. And then we drove very slowly. I drove, like... Yeah. Extremely slow. I'm not a slow driver. He's not a slow driver, but I was so scared to drive. (laughs) And I had to drive. We still had another three. Yeah, what are you going to do? Three to four hours to drive. I'm I'm pretty shooken up. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. And so we just, and then the roads got a little, remember the roads got a little like icy at the the pass? The roads were icy. We were sliding. And listen, I was in California. Scotty's up there. He, he remembers. I had this expedition with like low profile tires, those little thin ones with huge rims. And it was not a Colorado expedition, nor was the Acura. I mean, it had been in Colorado. It, it's a car. It's just a car. Well, and I'm from California. I, I was used to not driving on snow. Yeah, for sure. So we drove really slowly to our new house. We get to our new house. And that was part of the selling point, too. Yes. Is that we were living in a tiny apartment in San Clemente, and we were kind of on top of each other. And his parents did offer, if we moved here, that we could live in one of their rentals. So, and in this rental, this rental was a 2,500 square foot, 2,800 square foot home. So we went from an 800 square foot apartment to 2,800 square feet on a house on On a full acre. acre. So that was that was as, so funny. What I do you just, call that envy? No, pride. I don't know. 
enticement. I was enticed. It was a for sure incentive. Incentive. It, it was incentivized. Incentive. So when we were in Colorado on that speaking trip, I told my dad, I thought the Lord was saying that we should move there. And he and my mom talked. So they bought a house in 1991 when they first moved to Colorado. And I'm just going to give you the little bit of the story. There's a hotel here called the Broadmoor. The Masters golf tournament comes here every year or every whatever years. It's an actual four-star hotel. It's super, super fancy. Super pretty. And in the 90s, Colorado Springs was a crazy depressed economy. And I mean, it was just down. It was down Unemployment was through the ceiling. And my parents were driving around and they drove past this house. And there was a guy out front hammering a sign on the ground that said for sale. And my dad stopped and he said, are you selling your house? And the guy goes, yep. And I forget, he was he was asking around, he was asking under 500. It was around four something. And this is all I remember. My dad offered him 90 less than he was asking on the spot. And the guy stuck his hand out and was, goes, yes. And took it. And shook his hand. So he bought a 2,800 square foot home on an acre for about 20 or 30 grand more than we bought our 1,200 square foot home on a quarter acre. Yeah. In 91. That's how depressed the economy was. I say that for a reason. Um, so we go to this house. And that was crazy. Like, it was fun. Like, we the house skate- was amazing. We would skateboard we would in our house because <laughs> it was so big. Our great room in the front was and it vaulted. It was just a. And by the the house was built in 1949. Every single wall, including the interior walls, are all cinder block. It was a cinder block house. Yeah, it was very. Funny. It's a little weird. It, it was an awkward, funny house. It's hard to hang a picture on a cinder block wall yes. without glue or like a weird masonry something something. And, and the house howled, and it was really old I and really cold. So we move on on November first. We get here on November second. I drove down to the pound and picked up Beanie. Yes. This, I got Laura a puppy. The first best dog I've ever had. Now this yeah. is my number one dog. Yeah, so I got Laura a puppy because I traveled for my job. If I was working, it meant I wasn't at home. I was out somewhere speaking. That was going on. So we moved on the first. The second I got a dog, on the third I left. He flew out. For like a week or two. It was a long trip. It was a long trip. So I got to unpack with the movers. The movers show up and just dump everything at your house. That's it. They just dump it there. And then you have like... 72 hours to open everything and make a claim on anything that's lost or broken. Yes. So, by the way, that means anything that's lost or broken, you never get back again. You never, it's never, gone. never get back again. Unless it's... you're the most organized person in the world, it doesn't happen. Which I'm not. And I'm not either. Uh, and then I get a call from the road with Laura. Not quite hysteric, but not happy. And she was saying, Ryan, the house is yelling at me. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? A windstorm had hit. A tree blew over, and it was true. When the wind would blow really hard, the whole house would go. (laughs) Yeah, see, Coco, she didn't like it either. See, Coco doesn't like it either. You know, and. Neither did Beanie, neither did the puppy. No, the puppy didn't like it. The puppy was the sweetest, though. She was so little, she would chase ping pong balls. Yeah, just like this one. Yep. Um, I got to be honest. That was the beginning of our hard times. That's when, um, that's when things started to shift for us. Because here's the things you, you don't think. Like if the Lord gives you this big quest, this big task, this big, I'm asking you something that seems and feels impossible to you. 
there is the assumption there's a reward attached to obedience. That's a human assumption. That is it's not a, a God assumption, assumption but right. there is the human assumption that if you follow Jesus closely, lots of those bad things that happen to those sinners won't happen to you. The only person I keep thinking of is Jeremiah. Yeah. Like, oh, or Job or things like that. Like, I'm going to follow the Lord. Like, we're being obedient, so he's going to bless us. Right. And it was a blessing to be in that home. Don't get yep. us wrong. It was a great blessing. But let Ryan continue to tell and, the story. And life changed drastically when we moved here. It did. Um, and it was freezing, which we were not prepared for. And that first winter wasn't even bad. The second one was bad. Yeah, the first one wasn't bad, but we were still, you know, we just couldn't handle the weather. We were, we were. I'm a baby. We, what do you call surfers? That We were kooks. We were snow kooks. For sure, kook. Wilbur Kookmeyer, definitely. Yeah, in the snow. Um. You know, it was a bit of foreshadowing. That was the beginning of our hard times where when I was in California, I was getting work all the time. I was getting phone calls all the time. Mm -hmm. I was getting speaking requests all the time. I got a uh, request to write books. I was getting those regularly. When I met Laura, I think I was on my third book, yep. third or fourth book I'd written. Uh, those kept coming. Uh, speaking requests kept coming. It was just like the whole world had opened up to me. And then we moved to Colorado and it was crickets. Like, it was like, you go, hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Anyone, anyone, anyone. And we didn't know anybody either. Like literally we didn't know anybody here. So yeah, that was for, as a, as a woman, that was hard. I, I tra so I had a husband who traveled for a living and yeah. so he traveled for a couple months still and then it became crickets. <sighs> So we had some money for a little while, and then the money started to dry up, and then we started to do crazy things Ryan can tell you about of how to make money. And then Taylor? I didn't really have any friends. So here I was in this new place with no friends. And so the next thing I think, like, well, I'm married now. Let's, let's have a baby. That will make everything better. <laughs> Is that what's going on? That was in the mix. I was definitely in the mix. I'm sitting at home alone, <clears throat> decorating this huge house, having no friends, just trying to invite all my Cali friends to come visit me in the middle of winter. That's They're true, like, I'm not true. coming out yep. to visit you. It's mm -hmm, like 12 mm -hmm. degrees where you are. I'm in, it's in the eighties here. So I couldn't, I was like, come on, Gene, come on, Alex, come on guys. And so it was hard to get people to come out. I'm trying to count March, February, January, December. Yeah. We got married in July. November 1st, we moved to Colorado. Wow, this is so funny that we're doing this. I've told this story before. I didn't realize how soon it was after we moved to Colorado. Yeah. Because what we had planned is I had about 8 billion frequent flyer miles from flying all over the place speaking. And we were going to wait a year till we started trying to have kids. Yeah. Because that made sense. We we're going to travel and we we're going to go places. And Laura would and go on some of the trips with me. Yeah. And you quickly found out that wasn't very much fun. Well... I, I think I would enjoy it more now, knowing that just knowing my place. I think at the beginning of becoming a Dobson, I had no idea who I was or what I was doing. All those expectations yeah. and all that pressure. And now I think I would <clears throat> much rather do it and enjoy mm -hmm. it and have the fun of it. And the truth, traveling for your job is still a job. Right. Like when you fly to a place for your job, it's like driving to a place for your job. It just takes longer and you've got to go through TSA. Yeah. So imagine going through TSA and then getting in your car, right? Uh, and then when you get out of your car to go to work, you go through TSA again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, ugh. Yeah, it was kind of a pain and we'd lose luggage and things would happen. Ryan is a fantastic traveler. <laughs> he is. I would 
get all impatient and be like, now I'm now 12, what, 13 years in, I'm good at it. But at the beginning, what's funny is I'm not a patient person at all. And I remember you were like, why are you not mad? You get mad at everything. This doesn't make you mad. Why not? And I was like, oh, I found it doesn't help. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing happens if I get mad. Just everybody around me gets mad at me. Yeah. I was like, oh, this stinks. Ryan is a really good person to travel with. Hint, if anyone needs him to come speak. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, baby. Uh, yeah. So what was going on to this time? I started selling things to pay our bills cause we couldn't get any work. I started selling my guns, CDs, guns. Uh, I sold all of our CDs. I sold all of our DVDs. We were thinking of selling artwork. Remember we were thinking yep. of selling those, uh, I always forget what you call them. Yard rows. Yard. Yep. We were just, we, we were started just selling things to pay tight. our bills. Like literally people like, Oh, you guys must've been rolling. Like, no, we sold stuff. And by the way, anybody that owns guns or is a hunter, that hears me say, I've been in crowds and I'm like, I started selling my guns and I hear guys go, oh, like, mm. it's such a personal, personal thing. Um, so December, we go and meet with our friend, Dr. Roy, who I've hunted with for a million years. He's been an OB for a million years, delivered over 30,000 babies. And he's delivered a gorilla baby. Yep. He I is the first out. person to deliver a gorilla by traditional C-section in history. And he is the... Uh, he, he is the uh, primate consult for the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Which is really cool. Oh, I got to tell some of those stories someday about darting a gorilla yeah. and trying to do uh, OB, te- OB checkups on a gorilla. Well, and you got to tell just the one. So, he, he tried to dart a gorilla. So what they do is is they'll distract a gorilla and they shoot him with a dart. It goes to sleep. They do all the checks and all that kind of stuff. Well, the gorilla started figuring out what was going on. And they were distracting the gorilla, and the guy shot a dart, and the gorilla spun, grabbed it out of the air, and bit it in half and threw it on the ground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, we have, G- gorillas we have are, witnesses of that. Like g- gorillas, gorillas are scary. They're no joke. Don't they're no me- joke. Don't mess with a gorilla. Don't fool around with a gorilla. Anyway, Julie, Bev, Nicole, great. Um, we go to Dr. Roy with my mom. My mom's out visiting. And, wow, she and I, Yeah, remember? And I start thinking I want to get pregnant, so... Let's get off at that time. Yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah. judge me. I was on birth control. Well, um, and the doctor said, I don't, no whatever, one's going to say anything. Whatever. How ridiculous. Well, he was like, listen, you're on birth control. That takes about six or seven months to get out of your system. Yeah. And then, and then he, he, this is what he said. He goes, you're on birth control. That'll take about six or seven months to get out of your system. And then you can start trying to get pregnant. And then he talked for an hour about all huh. the things you can do if it's hard to get pregnant. Yes, he did. An hour. So my it's brain... because I was a little older. I guess. 34? 30? No, you were 30. I was you were 31. Young. No. Oh, you had Excuse just me. turned 31. Excuse me. That's my coffee, people. Sorry. That's right. So my brain, I'm like, oh, okay, that's about a year. I mean, we've been married for, you know, four or five months and, you know, six or seven months. And mm, that's close. Okay. All right. That's about a year. Seven days later, I was getting up extra early in the morning to fly to... I'll never forget this. Fly to Oregon. Yep. It was near the Columbia River. Yep. To a uh, Christian school or a pregnancy... Christian college, I thought. No. It was a fundraiser for either a school or pregnancy resource center. Okay. And I heard Laura get up before me, which was surprising. And then she comes back into bed and and she goes, Ryan, Ryan. And I pretended like I was asleep because I wanted to sleep longer and I didn't want to wake up because I knew I had to get up for an early flight. And then she goes, Ryan. I'm pregnant and I was immediately awake and I don't know if you remember this, but for some reason I became an instant 
pregnancy test expert and was telling you 800 reasons why it was a false negative and you weren't pregnant. Yeah, and then you should have seen how many pregnancy tests. And she goes, so I give her like 40 reasons why it didn't work. And she goes, it's my third test. And I was like, ruh I called Dr. Roy and I was like, Dr. Roy, Laura's pregnant. And he was like, congratulations. And I was like, no, 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 no. You said six or seven months. And he goes, oh, right. And sometimes these things happen. I'm like, nobody said that. Nobody said sometimes these things happen. Well, here's the truth. Laura was already pregnant when we met with Dr. Roy. Yes. Apparently, my swimmers beat up the birth control and kicked it in the tail and was like, wahoo, pregnant. Yeah, and I promise I was taking my birth control, uh, ladies. Yeah, of course. How silly. I was not yeah. being silly. I am telling you, I flew to my event my brain was in another planet. I bombed. I was bombing. I was yeah. just sweating. I couldn't remember illustrations. I couldn't think straight. I was up there just stammering and stuttering. And we haven't and told anybody yet. And it not, was a big event you were at. And you finally. Not a soul. Finally, I get about 20 minutes in and I stop and I go, listen, I am so sorry. I know how bad I'm doing. And it got real quiet because not everybody knew. Some people were like, oh, I think you're okay. And it was like, no, I'm not. I know how good I can be. And I go, I know. I go, I'm so sorry. I apologize. And it's not fair to anybody here. But I just found out this morning that my wife is pregnant. And the whole place was like, yeah, they just went crazy. And then I went, oh, no. I haven't told my parents yet. I haven't yet. told my parents yet. No one. Nobody say anything. Because I'm telling you, word travels fast. Had yeah. anybody said anything to anybody, I would have had phone calls before. Like my parents going, what do you mean you're pregnant? Why did you tell us? What's going on? Yeah. So I knew I had a very, very short window of opportunity to get in the car and call my parents and tell them. Uh, and then the event went great after I got it off my chest. Then I was fine. Yeah. And they raised a bunch of money. It was great. Um, so then the pregnancy. Oh. So, yes, so the, here's what so they tell, tell you. we tell the family. We tell everyone is excited. Everyone's really stoked. We tell everyone immediately. We don't wait yeah, about anything. We didn't wait. Um, and they tell you that women get morning sickness. And that's hilarious. Laura had sickness. She morning had a, sickness would have been, like, amazing. Ooh, can you imagine the dream of morning sickness? Just to be sick in the morning? That would have been fantastic. Laura woke up, and then she would puke. And then she would puke the rest of the day, and then she'd go to bed. Yep. And then she'd wake up at night and she would puke a little bit. That was kind of the whole entire first trimester. Well, and then, then they said, oh, it's going to lighten up in your second trimester. Yeah. So they said first trimester, mm -hmm. you know, you get sick. And then second trimester will totally go away. And then it didn't even slow down. It like got worse. Yep. Uh, and so the doctor gave you a medication for nausea. And but so Laura would wake up and start throwing up and take her meds for nausea. And then she would go to sleep because it would make her sleepy. And then she would wake up around dinner time. And she would eat dinner and get nauseous and then and puke it up. And then, uh, but the only thing, no, you'd get nauseous, you'd take your med. Oh, yeah. And then you'd get sleepy and fall asleep and you wake up the next morning. Yes. And she was sleeping all night, waking up and eating, sleeping all day, waking up and eating, sleeping all night. And so, like, based two weeks on this medicine they gave me that was safe for the baby. It's like two weeks ago, this goes by. We go to the doctor and I was like, hey, man, like, this seems a little odd. He's like, oh. Well, that, we just give her a different med. I'm like, yeah, why don't you start with that one? So they gave her something called Zofran, which is what they give cancer patients. 
because they couldn't, I mean, she was losing weight at an unhealthy rate. Yeah. And it was like literally all day, all night throwing up. Even on Zofran, you were still nauseous most of the time. Yeah. Laura was so sick that, during her pregnancy. I stopped vomiting on, on Zofran, which was amazing. Yeah. She was throwing up mm-hmm. while giving birth. They were giving her anti-nausea medication during labor. And they gave me the one that makes you tired during labor. So oh, I was like half in and out during labor. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that was funny. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so, so that was, was not pregnancy was tough. It and was. I didn't have a lot of friends still. I had no, no. friends. Um not no friends, but I didn't really know anybody. Here I am still a new person in this town. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna go a little bit long on this one. Is that okay? Yeah, but you have little... you have another appointment. Oh, I do right now. Oh. I'll reschedule it. Um because I need to go a little bit long on this one. Um Laura's pregnant. It is the new year. Um now the Lord told us to move to Colorado. He didn't tell anybody else or convince anybody else it was the right idea. And Laura's mom, uh, the world's greatest cheerleader. There's nothing you could do that she wouldn't find something amazing to say about it. You dye your hair green and she'll tell you how creative you are and how artistic you're going to be when you grow up. Um, uh, you know, I mean, it was like, yeah. she's just so positive and so kind mm. and so loving uh, and she was so angry when I moved her baby, the only girl and the youngest, 1,100 miles away to Colorado. And I got an earful on the reg. I mean, I got an earful. And here's the truth. I was like, Linda, I hate it here. It's cold. It snows. Pray. If the Lord tells us to move, we'll just get in the car and go. We'll leave all of our stuff. We'll get new stuff when we get back here. I don't care. I hate this place. You know, I mean, I know hell is supposed to be hot but this is what it feels like to me i hated it and the lord did not give us a reprieve and so laura's mom planned the baby shower to end all baby showers and i mean the baby shower to end all baby showers all the sister-in-laws i mean yeah your best friends you had a couple of professors flying in from all over people were flying in i mean yeah it was a uh it was going to be awesome yeah and when this took place, you were five and a half months pregnant and you were flying out. This is when there was a really short flight from the Springs to Orange County. It was like two hours. It was super cheap X jet. That's how Laura got to fly back all the time. It was $110 round trip to Orange County. And so I flew Laura there with nothing. I was going to drive our truck with all of her luggage and bags because her, her pregnancy was complicated. She wasn't allowed to lift heavy things and... Um, you know, it, she wasn't quite on bed rest, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like I was doing CrossFit while I was pregnant. Whatever. You were too. You climbed seven falls while you were nine months pregnant. Oh well, yeah. I had some good examples around me. It's like 10,000 stairs. She did that when she was <laughs> nine months pregnant. She went to uh red rocks concert at to see, eight months pregnant. Can we, can we say who? Yeah. We saw? Social distortion. Social, social distortion. D. Super suckers. Uh, Tiger, Tiger Army. Army. Oh, oh, it was a great show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you happy story first. I'll tell you happy story. Um, we go to, Laura got me tickets to this concert for my birthday. Uh, Social Distortion, Tiger Army, Super Suckers, and a whole bunch of other rockabilly bands. And she is big pregnant. Like, prego, prego, prego. I'm big. Yeah. 
And when we got there, it was parking was like two miles away. I mean, it was like if you've been to Red Rocks, parking is and it's and all you, uphill. All uphill. It's all uphill. My poor little wifey and I. I can't put her on my back. Like, what are you gonna do? You know. So we pull up and security's waving you away like, no, you got to go back. You got to go back. And I pull up and I go, hey, man, I totally understand. My wife is really pregnant. Can I just go drop her off at the top and then I'll go and park and walk up? And he goes, oh, man, for sure. Totally. So we got escorted like, to the yeah. top. So they open the gate and I drive all the way to the top. I promise you, like four spots from the very top was an empty space. And I was like, what? It was amazing. The best. You just walked right into uh, Red Rocks. And right on top. We walked you, you into, and, then to go, downstairs and then downstairs to your seats. Downstairs to your oh, seats. It so was amazing. Great. So great. Yeah. And A that, little odd, though, that people kept offering you alcohol and weed being that pregnant. Well, yeah. And Ryan went to go get me a lemonade, and some young man thought he could. Just start hitting on He her. started hitting on me, and I'm like. Um, do you see I'm pregnant and a big ring? Um, and I don't think my husband would like this. I weighed 50 pounds more than I do now. So I came back like. He's, Ryan was like, where is he? Where is he? And I'm like, I'm not showing you. I don't want to fight. Yeah. <laughs> I for sure would have fought too. I was not a happy camper. We had the greatest time though. We did. We had the greatest the time. The show was great. So. Laura flies into Colorado. I get up. I start driving, you know. No, I fly into California. Yes. Sorry. I take Laura to the airport early. Yeah. I start driving. You fly in. Yep. Call your mom. Yep. Talk to my mom. Talk to your mom. So this mom, is the only time in your life where people go, how are you doing? And you tell them terrible and I'm throwing up all day. And they go, oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. Please. I know I keep doing that to my friend, Linda Benson. Sorry, Linda, but I'm glad you're sick because that's a good sign for your baby. It's, 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 we just made that real public. Sorry, Linda. It's public. Yeah. Um, got in a cab. Well, no, I asked my mom, come pick me up. And she said, hey, I'm not feeling well. Just grab a taxi. And I was like, okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that part. She, yeah, she was supposed to come pick me up and she wasn't feeling well. She's like, can you just please grab a taxi? That's why I took a taxi. I would have never taken a taxi. She lived 20 minutes. She lived 15 minutes away from the airport. If that, I know. Yeah, if that. So Laura arrives at her mom's place, knocks on the door. Nobody answers. She's probably out getting more supplies or whatever. And Laura came in and uh, a few minutes later had to use the restroom. Um, sorry. Hmm. <laughs> when she went in the bathroom, she found out her mom had died of a heart attack. And my five and a half month pregnant wife, who was by herself, found her mom on the floor. Called 911, started CPR. Called me. I'm five and a half hours into a 17 hour drive when I get a hysterical phone call. Mm. With Laura screaming, my mom is dead. My mom is dead. Yeah. <sighs> that wasn't supposed to be the way it was going to play out. <laughs> Linda was going to come and live with us for two months after 
Lincoln came to help us out, show us what to do and to help take care of us. I remember not knowing what, to, like, what do you do? There's nothing you could say. There's nothing. I want to say it's going to be okay. But it wasn't okay. Right. I want to say I could take care of it, but I can't. I couldn't even be there. It took me nine hours. It took me nine stinking mm. hours to get there. <laughs> so. So instead of a baby shower, we had a funeral. Yep. And here's the truth. <clears throat> uh, I did not. You know, we said this would be unfiltered. I didn't drive straight to Laura. Because I was too afraid. Um. I drove to my tattoo shop because I knew they'd be up. That was pretty late at night. I pulled into Sid's tattoo in Santa Ana and Sid Stankovitz and Rob were there. And Sid went to high school with Laura. Yeah, I've known Sid for like 30 years. And I remember walking in and they didn't know I was going to come in, obviously, and I remember the look on Sid's face. It was he was so happy. He was like, Dobson! And Rob looked up and he was like, Dobson! And then they saw the look on my face and he goes, Oh my gosh, what happened? And I said, Laura's mom died. Mm. And they both went running over and Remember, Sid goes, when? And I said, this morning. And Rob goes, what are you doing here? I said, I just got out of town. I'm so afraid to go over there. I don't know what to do. I want to thank Rob publicly right now. Mm. <laughs> this sucks. So Rob prayed for me. Hmm. Rob's a big dude. He's probably, I don't know, my height. Probably weighs, I don't know, 250. He's got a huge skull tattooed on his neck. Former gangbanger, found the Lord. He called down the Holy Spirit for me. never forget when he finished he hugged me super hard and he grabbed me by the shoulders and he pulled me back and he goes alright 
Get out of here. Go be a man. So I drove to Laura's house. Pam and Steve's house. Yeah, I drove to her brother's where she was. Yeah. Oh, baby. I got to tell you, it stunk. Yeah, I was not functional. It was terrible. Being pregnant and giving CPR to your mom doesn't <laughs> make you a rational woman by any stretch of the imagination. I had lost it. Yeah. For sure. For sure. We were. It was hard to walk. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, just, I mean, and the background of my mom. My mom was in great health. She had just gone to the doctor a couple of weeks before and yep. did the stress test and all the things you do. She was only 64 years old. 64? No health issues no. ever in her life she had just done um, the cardiology stress test and the doctor, doctor said, said oh you're, you're gonna live to be a hundred you're, he said, you'll you're live to be a hundred you're as healthy as can be and then two three weeks later she's dead on the ground so yep. let alone like i mean not to say that it's easier when people are sick and you lose them i'm not saying that to anybody but when it's that much of a shock to your system it it sent me into a spiral that i've never experienced ever in my life since and and i hope i never experience it again yeah amen to that so we went through the shock and it was maybe we can talk about that next time just everything we went through after that because it's yeah. running late cool <sighs> hey thank you for letting us share this and for sticking with us yeah I will end the formal program here, and uh, if you've got questions, I'll answer them. <laughs> oh, the Stories We Will Tell is produced by Rebel Parenting. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Parenting Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. God bless. We'll see you next time for another episode of Oh, the Stories We Will Tell.